This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome guys to another Freedom Fighter podcast, I hope you're all good. Uh, we're going into part three of our series on Captivated by Communion, and this week we're looking at uh, the need to absorb beauty. Um, David said, as, as we've been reading through Psalm 27, that the one thing he desired of the Lord was to dwell in his presence all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. And uh, so we're looking at that today, that what we behold, we become. What we absorb, we reflect. And uh, delving into some great stories around that. So I really, I really pray, that, pray this deeply encourages you as you're listening. Part three of the series on Captivated by Communion. And I uh, hope this is blessing you. And uh, so let's get into it. This week we are going to look at uh, part three and... Uh, we're looking at what David was asking and inquiring and demanding of the Lord. And uh, so just a wee quick recap. Remember week one, an introduction and how this kind of inspired me watching this movie when I was up at Port Ban called Ferdinand. And really, you know, the message in that movie was this bull led his friends to a new world. He led them to a world they weren't, they weren't seen before. Um, they were seen with new eyes. I heard a quote years ago, it says, the real act of discovery is not in gaining new lands, it's in seeing with new eyes. And, uh, you know, you think of that, you could go all over the world and look for this next land, this next world, but still inside be so be the same. You know, it's how important it is we see with new eyes. We're able to grow and develop and, and, and make progress in our inner lives. So we started by this scripture, which I'll just read, and it, and it was David, who's a, a king, a warrior, um, who, you know, who was living in, in, in the harsh realities of earth, but he'd found something, and we started by saying a wee bit of humility will take us a long way when we can learn from others who are living, they've found something, discovered things we've not yet learned. And I think, you know, what he's saying here is so important to actually uh, adopt for ourselves. And what he said was, one thing I have asked of God, and this is what the one thing that I'm going to search after and do whatever, I, whatever is in my power to, uh, to, to, to get this. He says that I would dwell and live in his presence. That I would... Walk in his presence, practice his presence all the days of my life. That I would behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord. And that I would meditate and consider and inquire in his temple. So, David's saying here, you know, I I need this as an almost compulsory necessary requirement for my life what had he learned to, to uh, produce that kind of conviction my friend John Eldridge quotes something that I just thought is so important to lay the foundation this this is uh, you know the um, you know this is where it's at and uh, 
the the bottom line is the battle that we're in here is for this romance, this communion, this intimacy with God. Um, because what we're fighting for is for this freedom and and the, the healing that allow us to have our hearts free, our hearts alive, no bound with all sorts of horrors movies running through them. That means we, we the way we think and feel about ourselves constantly is how we project it into the world. And then that's how we treat ourselves and how we treat our else. So these things are, this is a battle. You think of this when we started the first week, we talked about, you know, captivated. What does it mean? This Our, our, our interest and attentions are held and attracted by something. You think, we're all held and attracted by something. What, what is it? Your attentions caught up with most days. And, uh, you know, we said that how many things is in this world, the temptations, the distractions, the things that stimulate our minds that keep us captured in some way, even just our own thinking. But I, I mentioned that, not to mention the enemy of our souls, that is the, the, the real, uh, the, the, the reality of, you know, yeah, Halloween today, <laughs> and uh, we, we, people are jumping about pretending they're ghosts and witches and entertaining all this kind of stuff that actually uh, that is played out in people's lives every day of their lives. The horror movies, the fears, the unresolved things that people open the door to. So the the, the bottom line was, what I'm saying here is, there is, an, there is evil in this world. And their intent, evil's intent, I said last week, is to find an entrance, an open door, an open window, leave your door wide open and let them in. And what their goal is, is to get all sorts of horror movies going on in your mind to cause utter havoc, to steal for your life, to kill your heart, and to destroy everything. That's where the battle's at. Just look around, look at your own heart, look at your family. What's the stories? What's, what is the story? Is it, is it are people living fully from their hearts, free? I know that's not the case. And... Uh, so the day I want to focus on that one second statement for, for David. We spoke last week about Benin's presence. The day it's about beholding beauty. But I want to focus on the need to absorb beauty. Absorb good. I heard this quote years ago. And uh, the quote is what you behold, you become. And uh, so the word behold here uh, is it's about seeing and observing something. Seeing someone or something. The word synonymous with are talking about surveying and gazing at and staring at. The origin of the word is to thoroughly hold something. To maintain and to retain the look. To behold. To have this fixed look on something. And, you know, David's point here is... I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want my attention focused on that. Why? And I've couple of quotes I've heard over the years. What we absorb, we're going to reflect. Bottom line, 100% of the time, if you're, f <laughs> when we were younger, when folk used to say, you're full of beep, <laughs> you know, what you full of? That's, that's what's going to come out. What you absorb, you're going to reflect. What you put your attention on grows. A friend of mine said this to me years ago in the midst of my own issues. He said uh, a friend of his, was, his son was autistic. 
and he fascinated me with Mr Bean and they said the boy you met him and you thought he was Mr Bean he's he's a mannerisms he's his re reactions, how he, how he, how he, how he interacted and responded. He, he actually had looked at Mister Bean that long. He was actually reflecting him. So, this is this is what David's saying here. That that I am desiring this. I am insisting upon this. I am. This is a requirement of my life that I behold the beauty of the Lord because I know what I'm behold. I'm going to become. Let me dis describe, uh, define absorb for you. Uh, the word absorb here means to take in. It's to soak up. You know, so to digest something. To, to, to absorb, uh, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the beauty of the Lord. Why is it so important? Said in week one, Paul Merson, of your... Like me, loving the football, you know, we, we remember him for, for, for our younger years. Arsenal striker. But, you know, his stories won a tragedy. And uh, really, because you watch a documentary for, for a couple of weeks ago on the BBC, he's gambling, uh, his story of addiction. And you're looking at somebody who has got, he's got, you know... The, the things, the feedback he was receiving have left him with no... He's no further forward, really, is what I saw. I mean, he was meeting one of his old pals at the bookies, an old football player that actually introduced him to, uh, to, to the gambling. And he met him at the first bookies he went to, and he broke down with his friend when he started remembering that he never had a falter like the other boys they were talking about. They said, that he, you know, when they played, one of them was able to stop, but Paul, he just had this... Inability to 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 not say no, stop now. So they're reminiscing about that, and he's he's breaking down. And he's thinking, oh, this is a verdict on me, and uh, you know, hopeless. And then, as I've said, the first session, he goes to this institute, some sort of kind of uh, you know uh, research centre, and they do tests with him. They actually put him through a kind of CT scan in his brain. And, and it shows you, they show him, I think it was about 100 images, so it was intense. And they showed him images of food, images of beauty, by the way, I forgot, I never, I watched it again, I saw that. Beauty, the, the, the creation, uh, they showed him images of normal family life, things that should captivate their attention. And then they showed him gambling, things he wasn't even interested in, really, roulettes, he wasn't into it. But he came out of that situation. And, and he starts speaking to the doctor, and it was quite sad because he starts talking about his oh that I started getting into the gap, I started getting into the roulette, and you're thinking everything else was just dinging that, this that I'm not interested. But when they go to these things, he wasn't even engaging in that caught his attention, that hooked him. So, and then he gets this hopeless diagnosis that your brain looks like this when you you are presented food, beauty and, and, and the creation, uh, interactions with others, just the brain, his brain was, it wasn't he, it, 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 the, the normal development of somebody's brain to, to put pleasure onto the hands, to put, put a priority or put value in the things, was, you know, it was totally, it was like deprived of that. When it got to the gambling, it was... Fires everywhere on his on his brain because it was 
it was so absorbed. He took that much of this stuff in over the last 20 years that his brain is almost wired to... like He's so capt- held captive. He's captivated by gambling. And then what, the, what the, the experts are saying to him is, oh, this is your brain. And then he's referring back to other theological ideas, ideologies, that you've got this disease, that your brain's this, your brain's that, it's chemically unbalanced, all these things. Maybe partly true. But missing, missing out on your brain has been so absorbed in this stuff for so long, but that's not a final report on you. How hopeless would it be to think that that, that is the verdict on you? What you what you've been full of the last twenty years is gonna that's that you can't it's unchangeable. It's not true. It's absolutely not true, praise God. I'm telling you, my own experience, my own life, uh, you know, friend just passed away there. Tragedy. Total utter tragedy. What came to mind was the fr- the frustration of the divine plan is man's tragedy. And uh, you know, the bottom line is, we have got a choice. You know, if we'd only absorbed something else, the our end didn't. It could have been so much different. And that that's that's why I'm talking these things. That's why I'm encouraging people. They need to be captivated by communion with God, to actually use your brain and your mind and your heart and your all the areas of your life, channel them into the right things. That's how you get what life God intended. Um, so, when I'm speaking with a conviction about that's not the, the verdict on, on him, why am I saying that? Because that's not my story. And I, I would, if you'd have took a picture of my brain, it would have been the same all the years ago. And uh, I, I never just had an addiction. I, I was kicking about with psychosis. I couldn't control the fears and all the the, 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 the the wrong things that had been uh, you know set off by my years of abuse of substances. And uh, so I remember a friend of mine said to me, You're preoccupied with yourself, son, an older man. And he was right. And when I found out what the word meant preoccupied, it means your mind's dominated with something to the exclusion of something else. That your mind's dominated with something to the exclusion of something else. And, uh, you know, when I, as I say, that nailed it for me because absorbing the wrong things for so long, mind dominated with the wrong things, you're so preoccupied with it. It's like the the 15-year-old I heard about who, uh, you know, threatened to break down and cry her eyes out in front of these people to her dad after he never bought her a concert ticket. And he said to her, go ahead, Go ahead, remember you're so, but remember you're so self-absorbed that the tears wouldn't make it to your cheeks. <laughs> uh, so that's a picture that we can be so self-absorbed, self-absorbed. I don't mean that in a derogatory, putting you know, uh, uh, put, putting putting me or anybody else down. The fact is, we can our minds can be so taken up and dominated by the wrong things that we can't allow anything else in. You know, we, 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 our problems can be so, so, you know, close to his obsessing and so much that you can't, you can't, there's no space for, for, for things to get in. So, what's my story? 
Is that is that the verdict on us all? Is that if if you can relate with that today that you know you feel I just kind of get three of these thoughts that possessing me and you know and 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 uh, you know paralysing me and creating such problems in my relationships with others and all these kind of things. Is there any hope? Well, I'll tell you my story, and it is one of great hope. I have to say, I heard I heard a quote in the midst of all these uh, you know uh, problems I was having, and I. Uh, heard this for this guy Monk Sam that it was a motivational thing I was on and um, it brought me such joy man I'm telling you the joy that I got when I started to realise that this can be changed the things that Paul Berson's no hearing I heard this can be changed what you absorb you reflect so I can absorb new things what I behold, I'm going to become, I can look and gaze at and fixate on new things. And what, what this quote said was, what the mind dwells upon, it grows upon. What your mind grows upon, you become. And, uh, you know, for somebody who had dominated with things that were just in, in the mind, cancerous, cancerous in the brain, uh, that quote hope filled me with hope. And then I went to church and I heard, I heard the, for the first time Romans chapter 12 and Romans verse 2. And I mean, when I heard that, I thought, that's the answer. There, there you go. And it's Paul begging, beseeching, uh, you know, crying out to, to, the, to, to those, the church in Rome. And he says, look, I'm begging you and beseeching you and crying out in the view of how merciful God's been to you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. That's verse 1. But then he goes, and not to be conformed, to fit into the mould of this world, but be transformed. The word transformed here is metamorphosis in the Greek, and if you've heard any of this, you'll know this, but it's it's the transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's what that word means. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word renew means to give fresh life to, to give fresh strength to. So your mind can be renewed by giving it new things. And he says, look, do that so that you can prove for yourself. Prove what? Prove, experience, prove that it's true, that how uh, God's good, God's acceptable, and God's perfect will in your life. Now when people are passing around about us, the tragedy of this, the hurt, the pain of this, it's because they didn't live the way they could have lived. And it's the, the quote for Braveheart and Wallace said, all men die, but not all men really live. You know, that's what the, that's how we feel it so deeply. Because the tragedy of somebody who's who's made choices that have led them down places that, 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 that ultimately took their lives out. And that's where the tragedy is. But he's saying here, do this so that you're not gonna you're not gonna just be an our statistic that leaves a trail of devastation and pain for others. Do this so that you can prove for yourself what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Tremendous man. Um and as I say, when I first heard that, I I was like I dug with a bone. I knew I need to I need to resolve and determine that's what I need to do. And although it's been a long journey and it's painful. But it's worth fighting for. 
rather than just resigning yourself and living in a, in a like the, the guys in Braveheart, run and you may live. Run away for dealing with this. And you might live, aye. Maybe live an hour, five year, do all the sins you can sin, run to all the pleasure and all the false comforters you want. But dying in your beds, dying in your addiction, dying in your mental health issues, dying in your, your, your depression, many years from now, what, what would you be willing to trade? All the days you've wasted, all the days you've squandered not uh, uh, putting these things into practice. I'll tell you, that to me, you're, you're dead already. So, uh, but that's not a verdict on you. If you've got breath in your lungs, it's not too late. It's not too late to be transformed. You can respond to these things and engage and wage a good warfare for yourself. Get support and, and start pulling yourself with, with the help of God, pulling yourself up. Stretching yourself, reaching forward, pressing and stretching forward instead of just absolutely sabotaging everything. So, another thing I heard was in my journey. Remember uh, this if you've if you've maybe some have heard it, but um, and a and a fight with two dogs, similar size, similar uh, breed. Who's going to win? <laughs> the one you feed the most. So the one that's got the most the most in it is going to is going to overcome. So that is a spiritual law. It's a spiritual. It's it, it, as it is in the natural. So it is in the spiritual. What we absorb, what we feed the most in our lives, is going to prevail. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Increase and 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 overcome. So it's so important. It's like the old crunching up conflict advert. Remember it? <laughs> it was like the French Legionnaires or something. Like I can't remember exactly, but you know they were talking about flushing them out. <laughs> and uh, you know how do you flush these wrong hangs out? You absorb the good. You uh, you know you put the new hangs in. I heard that a guy say years ago, if you want to change the output, you've got to change the input. So these things are absolutely scientifically proven, psychologically proven, spiritually. You're, we're, we're reading what the scriptures say about them. You know, the principle is so key. What controls your mind's controlling your life. So how what you absorb, what you start absorbing is absolutely key to what's going to control your life in the future. Be it the sin that leads to death or be it Obedience at least to righteousness for Romans six sixteen. So that that's my story, um, and so we'll look at how do we do this then. So you're saying absorb beauty, take it in, soak it in. How do we do it? I love this for uh, Matthew chapter six, and you you hear Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. That's a beautiful uh, constitution of the kingdom. The court. And you'll he, probably be aware of this one, but he starts to tell the guys, don't worry. And Amplified says, don't worry about what you eat, drink, what you're going to drive, what you're going to wear. He says, look at the birds. Look at them. Behold them. They don't sow or reap and gather into bands like us. And yet, your heavenly Father keeps providing for them. And you know how, how much more worth are you than they 
who can uh, you know add one cubit how, who can change your life by worrying that's what he's saying who can change your life by worrying what would you, why are you going to be anxious about what you wear he said look at the lilies look at them consider them and learn how they grow they don't toil or spin and yet I tell you even Solomon in all his magnificence was not clothed <laughs> like these flowers these lilies so, uh, this is a quote for John Eldridge, and he says that finally we've got to open our hearts to the ways that God brings beauty into our lives, and this this is a massive step, especially for those of you who watch Ferdinand, those of us who've been living in prisons of bigotry, prisons of hatred and offence, and all, all we've learned is to talk like gangsters. And, and guys that, uh, you know, treat people with all this contempt all the time. This stuff, it sounds as if it's a for, for wussies, doesn't it? When you're lived in that kind of world. But you recognise, what does it produce? You, you, you reflect what you absorb. You, 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 what you put your attention on grows. What, what beauty is there around when you're, you're full of all that stuff all the time? I'll leave you to answer that. <laughs> But I know for my own life, you know, what all that produced was nothing but more stuff reflecting back to me what was in me. So these things, the courage, the step to say, this isn't for wussies, this is the best thing I can do for myself. Eldridge says this, the, whatever it is, uh, opening your heart to what, the beauty God's bringing into your life, whether it's flowers, gardens, you know, moonlights, waters, the beauty of music, the written word, our souls crave beauty, and they'll be famished if if we don't if we don't uh, you know find it. One line this so jumped to him and slapped me right across the face. We must take in beauty often, or we'll be taken out by beauty. <laughs> How true has that been? When you're searching for beauty in all the wrong places, searching for it in in people. Searching for it in, in you know the wrong sources, you your heart needs it, and you end up doing very silly things. You end up going down routes to actually trying trying to to quench that thirst. We need to absorb uh, beauty, and can I tell you, it's not just about this like kind of airy fairy thing here. I remember it was years ago I was helping this boy, he was a heroin addict at the time, and I was taking boxing classes, stayed in a flat in Stevenson, and I needed, the two classes I took at this certain place, I needed to get the money for this class to pay the, the up, the up uh, you know, I had to you know, pay the extra onto the rent. So this boy came in, I'm helping him, and he came in, and, I, and whatever it happened, he went in my kitchen, and my rent money was sitting in the kitchen, and he, he he stole it, put it in his pocket and bought it. <laughs> and uh, I noticed, just before I was going to leave for this boxing class, I'd walk for the bus with my bags, with all the, the boxing equipment in it. And I mean, inside of me, my old self was wanting to go and get the boy and punch his head in the way I would have acted in my past. And uh, But I heard as I walked, 
I heard this uh, uh, voice, the, the, the same voice that I heard at the side of the lot that I spoke about last week. And uh, that voice said, Remember, I never failed to see the beauty of the flowers. That's what I heard. Now, I had no, I had read my wee devotional, and as a as a part, there's a there's a there's a uh, one one part of the devotional it talks about seeking beauty, and uh, it's about the need to absorb beauty. Um, because this, when you absorb the beauty of flowers and trees, it, it leaves an impression in your soul that reflects through your actions. And he says, remember that no thought of sin or suffering or the approaching abuse and crucifixion ever prevented me seeing the beauty of the flowers. Now as I walked angry and really could have acted they thought so, when I heard that it corrected me and it humbled me. Because I knew you had much more abuse than I'm. That's wee tiny thing I was dealing with. Although it was still painful, there was still emotion about it because I needed the money. Um. But that sense of saying, I never failed to see the beauty, it made me realise recently, that's how you overcame. Was that, is, that one of the, the, is that one of the keys that kept you from ending up hardening your heart and reacting in anger and hatred and violence and, you know, and, and, and vengeance? Is that what kept you free from that? And I, I know that that is. So how, how how can we do this in our daily lives? You know, me recently I've done a made a presence play, playlist, and uh, I am absorbing music that I've that that I'd forgot about things that had that, that I know lift me up. That I, these are these are these are some of the weapons. These are some of the the tools that we can use. Um, you know, t- absorbing beauty in the creation. When we were on holiday there, it was like I was setting myself every day, going to the beaches. I was deliberately absorbing as much beauty as possible and appreciating it. Because what you absorb, you reflect. The wee devotional says, look for beauty and joy in the world around you. Look at a flower until its beauty becomes part of your very soul. I mean, does this sound like, oh, this is what, what you're on about? I remember years ago, I met a woman that was working at, you know, I was at a job in Glasgow, and I had this kind of encounter with somebody, and it turns out she was a counsellor, and I met her in Borders Bookstore, and I was telling her all the problems that were reproducing out of me constantly because of the issue I had with one of somebody in my family, and uh, she was then going, you know, she's hearing me talk about this next person that I'm projecting this on and she goes, son, what I want you to do is I want you to get, go and get a flower. And I want you to sit with the flower 10, 15 minutes and abs- and look at its beauty, absorb its beauty. And I'm looking at her going, eh? Because when you're in this, you're so preoccupied with all your problems. You think other people's advice is nonsense. You think you know it all because, oh, how can that help me? Well, the reality was a wee bit of humility would have took me a long way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that sense that I actually go and fill your mind with something else. I, I have the beauty, uh, absorb the beauty, because what happens is you give that beauty back out. What you are fuller is going to come out. So, 
Um, and she said about listening to the, the birds, or the wee devotional said about listening to the birds the same. There's things around us that we can miss when our minds are so caught up in our own, dominated with our own pain. So guys, um, just to finish, encouraging you, the need to be captivated by communion. Like David here, that's what he's saying. David, David is saying, look, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm wanting to be absorbed in my attention and interest so held and fascinated and attracted by this communion with God. Look what we're talking about, in his presence beholding and gazing upon his beauty, absorbing the creation, absorbing the good around me. And and next week we'll share about the exchanging of, uh, the thoughts and the, and the, and the, and the, the intimate feelings with him. But, you know, to be caught up with this, that this is such, something of great interest and advantage to us. To allow this to fascinate and engross and occupy and hold our attention and interest. And to take great pleasure in it. The word delight yourself in the Lord. And it gives you the desires of your heart. That's what it means. To take great pleasure in it. So I just, I pray today as you're listening. That you hear these things. When you're inspired by them. And like Ferdinand, you know, you can maybe relate with one of his pals. That, nah, I don't listen to all that crap. What's all that all about? You know, and, and all these uh, hard feelings about it. And you live in this world of pain and wonder why. Um, you know, we'll live in a world of hardness and hopelessness and you wonder why. Listen, a wee bit of humility will take you a long way. We need to humble ourselves. Uh, repent of pride. Admit the pride and just say, God, I'm clearly, what, what I know is no help me. And asking him to, to, uh, to, to help lift you to a new place, a new, to take you to a new world. That his kingdom would come into your world and absolutely transform everything. Um, you know, touch everything, change everything. So that's that's uh, that that's that's you know that's a hope, and it's possible. It's no too late. Wherever you are, it's no too late. God can do it if you just let him in. If you just say, "I'm I'm I'm going to determine to do this." So I pray this this uh, really deeply encourage you guys. Until next time, God bless you. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.